Hi, I'm Paulina. Hi, I'm Bricia. And we're sisters, friends, daughters, wives, and business owners. And we're just following our dreams, you know, working to be a better version of ourselves every day. All right. And we're also moms. Welcome, Welcome to, to the Super Mama Sisterhood. Are we recording? I am. We are recording. Hello. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Super Mama Sisterhood. Welcome to the Super Mama Sisterhood. Um, uh, per usual. <laughs> We're out here. My sister's here bullying me. I am not bullying you. <laughs> Introduce yourself. How many kids do you have, Paulina? Hi, guys. This is Paulina, your favorite. Uh, one of your You favorite. are definitely the favorite no. of the two here. One of your favorite uh, co-hosts of this uh, amazing podcast, the Super Mama's Podcast. I hope everyone is doing great. How's everyone doing? How are you, sister? What are you doing? Tell us what I, you're doing right at this moment. <laughs> I am sending a group chat. Um, <laughs> I am sending a group text. Here it is to the siblings. You're probably going to get it right now. <laughs> of a screenshot of your impression of your teeth and my impression of my teeth. I don't, actually don't even know. My grammar is horrible. Oh, this my is what God. I wrote. I wrote, can you guess whose mouth is mine and whose are mine? <laughs> Make any sense? I mean, whose is Paulina's? Well, we gotta tell the story behind and this. Whose is mine? We gotta tell you the story <laughs> behind this. God, we have two stories to share. Oh my god, we okay. have two stories. <clears throat> okay, uh, tell your story. Okay, so tell us the story of why I'm sending the picture of this impressions and how this is not an ad and this is not sponsored. Not an ad, not sponsored. But I have crooked teeth, and I've been meaning to. Not have crooked teeth for a long time. But your teeth aren't crooked. Oh my though. god, let me look at this one. What do you mean? Okay, so your teeth okay, never mind. Okay. <laughs> uh anyways. Is one with the more teeth yours. <laughs> Just gonna reply oh, oh, live god. on the show. Um okay, anyway, go, go. so I went and I'm getting my aligners by bite. I share with this with Bricia and she got them too. And we were comparing our teeth. And apparently, she has bigger teeth than I do. And she's saying that I have mini teeth, which I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> okay. Paulina is getting her teeth aligned um, with this company. And so I got the same. I'm repeating the story. Sorry. Um, anyway, so I told her that I was getting it. She didn't know I was getting it too, per her recommendation, which, by the way, this company owes me a referral. F- you ref- owes you a referral fee. Anyway, a lot to talk. Um, so then she showed me the pictures of her impression. <laughs> And it's just her teeth just look like Paulina. <laughs> I mean, those are my teeth. I know, but they're like half the size lengthwise of my teeth. And I'm double, I mean, I'm not double, but how tall are you? I'm five four. Okay. I'm five eight. So I'm four inches taller than you. And if you're my teeth are like four centimeters taller than you too. <laughs> <laughs> I know. So then I just saw them and I just thought it was really funny because this is like obviously you have little teeth and I would have tall teeth. So Therefore, just, that's why they charge you more. And so, and so we were comparing prices and how much they charged me. And I'm like, wait, I got robbed. Why are they charging you that? And I'm charging you this. I'm like, let me see your teeth. And I was like, oh, it makes sense. Like they're probably going to use double the amount of like plastic of the aligners. For yours? For mine. I have big teeth. You do have big teeth. But you know what? Eddie has your teeth. Like, Eddie has teeth like yours. I mean, he's yeah, also they're six. Like, they're not real. <laughs> I don't know. I never thought That's about it. Maybe, hilarious. you know what? I think I, I grind too much on them. Though. This is not from grinding. <laughs> this is just you having little teeth. Anyway. Um, <laughs> anyway. Get ready for another horrible review. Like, I love the show, but Breeze has such a bully to her sister. <laughs> It's okay, guy. Such that, a gaslighting. If she doesn't whatever. bully me, I just feel like she doesn't love me. <laughs> I feel like here's what here's in my defense. I feel that if you have a if you guys have sisters, you're gonna understand. Yeah. I think the people that judge me are people without sisters. Yeah, I mean, this is fun. Like this, <laughs> this is how we bond. <laughs> Second story I want to share. The other day, I was here in the office. I just remembered, <laughs> and I was on a very in a call. Very important business. Yeah, and just like I was just like in the zone, like locked in. And I grabbed (laughs) a coffee mug, but I I didn't have coffee that day in the office. (laughs) So I grabbed a coffee mug, but I didn't have coffee in the office that day. For some reason I just thought almost these like out of just pure 
second nature. Yeah. Costumbre. Yeah. I reached out and I sipped on this coffee <laughs> and oh my God. It had been here for a month. I don't know how long this freaking coffee mug had been here with milk. <laughs> I don't even want to remember. It was the most horrible experience. And then in the middle of the call, I just like spit it all out and I didn't know what to do in this guy on the phone just kept talking so I muted myself and I grabbed the first thing I saw it was sanitizer sprayed sanitizer and I sprayed sanitizer on my mouth I'm not encouraging anyone to do this I didn't die I'm sure I got a little bit of poison in my in my body now but it was so much better I'm just trying to get the smell and the taste of rotten rotten milk sorry guys Oh my god, that was so funny. <laughs> you were right next to me. There was me and another person here. We're like, what is she doing? Like, I don't understand what's happening. So I'm giving you water. And you're like, <laughs> well, this guy's like the phone talking and talking and talking. And I'm just spraying <laughs> hand sanitizer in my mouth. I gave you like uh, peppermint essential oil, yeah. like all these things. And then I still smelled like baby throw up the entire day it was horrible. Ew, that's what baby throw up is it might, I just think that it was your baby throwing up in your mouth oh ugh. <laughs> I mean maybe when she was little now her breath stinks in the morning it does already mm -hmm. yeah and she's she's that uh, I mean she's <laughs> she's a grown woman she's yeah in the morning I'm like girl what happened to your baby breath oh <laughs> I mean it's not like a bad breath in the morning but you can like smell hints of in in a couple more months, we're gonna need to mouthwash this. <laughs> I know every morning. Like it's the I, same I thing. need to brush your teeth. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. Aww. I mean, she's a year and a half. Wow. Before I you see her as a baby, before you know it, she is going to be two. It's her birthday's coming up in July, which is you know not it's not that far. It's only six months away. It is five months away. Yeah, five months away. We, I, yeah, I mean, whatever happened to like. Christmas and New Year's like long gone. No, no, no. So in five months she'll be two, and you know, that's do you have it. any She's plans for Valentine's? I do have a plans for Valentine's. We're doing a family Valentine's dinner. Oh, mm -hmm. how cute! What are you cooking at home? Uh, and I'm encouraging Eddie to get something for his for her sister. I'm encouraging Eddie. I told my husband you should you all need to go to a store and get flowers or go pick flowers. Um, you know, and and get some. Like Eddie needs to get something to his sister every year Aww. like i he needs to that's so nice so um that's what i'm encouraging although i told eddie you know you're gonna have to get me something right and he goes mom all you need is the love of your family <laughs> you don't need to spend money and i'm like wow <laughs> but when it comes christmas yeah so i'm just i'm gonna nudge my husband i'm gonna tell him you need to encourage him to not maybe the word is not get me something but do something for me and yeah. Agustina every Valentine's Day because that's the way he needs to grow up. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, that's a really good way to, yeah, for a guy, I guess. Yeah, I, I don't have boys, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I can encourage my girls. To, I mean, I, I encourage them to He also dropped the something. tea yesterday on all the relationships in his classroom to me randomly. And I'm like, what? So what grade is he in? He's in first grade. We're in kindergarten. Oh, is, is he in kindergarten or first grade? He's in first grade. I don't know. He's your child. <laughs> I think he's in first. He's in first grade because Sabina's in second grade. Okay, then he's in first. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Just FYI, Marisa, your son is in first grade. Uh, his class is mixed ages, so it's weird. Oh, okay. So anyway, uh, first grade, and he was doing his Valentine's yesterday, and I don't know, I, maybe it's because love is in the air. I don't know. He was just very into it, like writing love, Eduardo, like on all his cards, like one by one, he had 22 to do. And he just started telling me about these. Who's with who? Yeah. And like, who dumped who? What? And, I, and he's like, yeah, he, she, I mean, she dumped him already. And now she's with this person. But you know what, mom? She goes gaga over me. Like, she blushes every time she sees me. Like, I can see it. And I'm like, well, maybe she's just hot, babe. Like, maybe she's just like, has she told you she likes you? Maybe she's just warm and her cheeks are red. Mommy, it was really cold. She just blushes. Like, you can just tell she's flushed. Like, who are you? I love all these words. Yes. She's flushed. She goes gaga like over me. Like, who says this? Where did you learn this word? The friends. The friends. That's how they learn it. That's how they know. 
Sabina tells me about the crushes and like how she only she only has three crushes right now. Well, she sounds like this girl that Eduardo's talking about. Yeah, that's Sabina. Yeah, she, she ta- only has three crushes. It's like I only have three crushes. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah, well, that sounds like uh, that sounds like the girl that my because this girl was with one guy and then dumped dumb and now she's with another guy but likes him. I'm like, yeah, that sounds very complicated. <laughs> wow i'm like well isn't that your best friend <laughs> wow that's like that takes it to a whole other level yeah. right there and i'm like well honey well you know when maybe she just means that she just likes you because like you're her boyfriend's best friend no mom that's not what she means <laughs> anyway well i love Happy that, you're making it, that you're making it a family thing uh i guess yeah that's what i'm gonna have to do to a family thing with the kids yeah and i think my husband and i are doing something on sunday hopefully Hopefully what we're doing on Sunday comes through. I will let you guys know next week. <laughs> um, but yeah, that would be, technically that would be your Valentine's Day. Yeah. The day before Valentine's. If that comes through for you. That's going to be an yeah. epic Valentine's yeah. Day. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I don't, I still don't know what I'm going to do. I'll probably celebrate on Tuesday. Once everyone celebrates, we'll celebrate on Tuesday. We always celebrate our day after. Uh, okay. No, we will do the day before and then family dinner. Yeah. I mean, family dinner is family dinner, but I mean, my husband and I alone. Probably oh, not. yeah. Nice. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. It's like do something, right? I mean, I think I sh- I think love day should be every day. <laughs> expect those expect those flowers, Paulina. <laughs> I expect those flowers not from the freeway this time around, but you know he's learned. I think was it last year my birthday? He actually went, got flowers, and made the arrangement himself. So oh, that's oh that was that, nice. Oh, that's so nice. That was nice. That was nice. That's awesome. That's nice. I was like, oh wow. That's good. I like it. It was really nice. It's a really nice one. Aww. Anyway, we have an amazing first guest for this new. What are we? What are we call? What are we calling it? The new season. The new. The new year. New the year. New, year. new us. That's not an orthodontist and has nothing. This year has nothing to do with teeth. Nothing. Nor 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 rotten milk. But it does have to do with laughs. Yes. <laughs> Correct. Correct. This is our. This is how we like. Oh, intro. Yes. Our intro. This is how we are kind of uh, piecing it together, making it relevant <laughs> to our intro. We yes. have Aida Rodriguez, who is a comedian, writer, actor, and mother, uh, lauded by Esquire magazine as raucously funny. I don't know what raucously means, but I'm assuming it means like very funny. Very funny. She has become a favorite with fans and critics alike with her first hour stand-up special to set premiere her own TV series and development both at HBO Max and a deal for an animated series with ITV. Ida is bound for the comedy stratosphere and just you are all going to love this show. I guarantee it. So without further ado, here is an interview with comedian, writer, actor, mother, Amazing human being. Yes, amazing all around human being, Aida Rodriguez. Hi, Aida. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. What a pleasure. It's so great to see you. I know it's good to see you too. I'm glad I finally got on here. I remember when I when I did the fundraiser at the restaurant. Yes. You guys had just started the podcast. Mm -hmm. It's been a long time, girl. Yeah, that's great. (laughs) We're still here. That's awesome. It makes me happy. <laughs> it is a, a, a great way to start 2022 as you are, you're our first guest of 2022. So oh, if, nice. if this is the caliber of a uh, guest that we're going to have, I am all for it. I am super excited. How are you? Thank you. You're going to have more because I'm going to, and I want to tell everybody like I, I'm on this. We have to support each other. Um, our Latine, Latinx, all of us have to continue to just lift each other up sometimes because I feel like we are uh, ignored in media sometimes. So I think it's so important right. that we really, um, so I'm happy to be here. I'm ha- I'm excited. We, you're, we talked about me doing the podcast um, some time ago. So I'm just glad that it finally happens. And aquí estoy para servirle. That's like, that's my, my new year's resolution was to be of service. Oh, you know I what? love it. You know, my New Year's resolution is to laugh more. I need, you know, I feel like, you know, laughing sometimes is overrated, but like, I feel like if we don't laugh enough, like what is life, for, you know, what is life for, right? Like life, life is to laugh. Life is to, well, you know, there are like times where we're going to be crying, but like laughing just like heals you so much. So 
you are basically a soul doctor, pretty much. Uh, well, you got to come to a show. I have, uh, I'll leave you tickets whenever you want to go. I'm doing shows this week. I'm going back to the improv and to the laugh factory because they are, they are honoring like the rules where they have to love social distancing. They're asking for vaccination cards. Like they're really trying to just maintain the business of laughter while still honoring the rules so that people can have a break because we all need a mental break. Like right now it's this collective trauma is really heavy. It is. So before we move forward, please uh, introduce yourself to the super mamas. Tell us who you are, what you do. I mean, tell us everything about you, please. Ada. So um, my, my name is Aida Rodriguez. I'm from Miami. I grew up between Miami and New York. I'm a stand-up comedian. I'm a writer, a producer, and um, an actress. And I don't like to use the word activist because I feel like it's become a thing now. I've always, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was raised to, when I say, that was my grandmother was always, we have to be of service. That's like, we have to help each other. That's how we really get it back. So um, I like to work a lot in the community and stuff like that. And so I have been doing stand-up for uh, 14 years, I think 13 years. And I have a, I'm the first Latina, I think, to ever have a comedy special on HBO, um, the HBO platform, an hour special. There are some Latinas who have half hours there. But, um, and I've been like the first Latina to do a lot of things as my other counterparts in comedy, like Cristela, Angela Johnson, Gina, uh, Shayla Rivera, like um, Gina Brion. Like I always like to call out the other Latinas names because they're very few of us. Yeah. Right. And um, we cannot afford to be in competition with each other because it's just, it's us against the world. So um, we are, all of us are like the first to do something. Cristela is the first Latina to have a TV show that she wrote, produced and starred in. Like we're all it's amazing how we're so many there's so many of us here in America we've been here for so long and we still are trying to break through these ceilings right Um, but I'm a you know I'm a stand-up comedian and I uh I really love what I do and I want to create television and films that show us in our positive light and our totality not not always being victims but also being victors Oh, that's amazing. I love that. Being and being a victor instead of being a victim. I'm gonna write it on my on my notebook. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how old when you were you when you when you started? I'm always curious, you know, my I have a 10-year-old and a seven-year-old. Mm-hmm. And you know, for example, like my 10-year-old is really into like anime, right? Mm-hmm. And and she's like, she's she's always talking about that. And so I'm always curious, like what age do you start? Like, I'm like, they have so many different things that they love to do. I'm like, which one should I like support more? You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I'm always curious to know like the story behind successful mm-hmm. people like yourself um, and try to apply that to my own life and my kids. So funny is like, I don't know. I don't, I've only been in the entertainment business like my whole life. Um, I uh, I always wanted to be, an actress, a star is what I used to say when I was little. And I used to get the mop and entertain my mom. I would sing, I would tell jokes. I would read scriptures to her from the Bible. Like she was the same. But um, I I don't know when, you know, and I also, um, I had like a very interesting journey because I started modeling when I was younger. I was a, you know, a young model. And then I um, but I, I remember being like six or seven years old and saying, I want to make I want to do that. I want to be on television and I want to make people laugh and I want to make people happy. You know, like I used to I watch I Love Lucy and I used to watch Johnny Carson, mm-hmm. listen to comedy with my uncles. And we used to listen to comedy in Spanish at home. Alvaro Hede, my mom used to listen to this Cuban comedian and I always was fascinated with it and saying so I knew at a very young age, no matter where everybody else tried to take me, because my mom was not very excited about her daughter being a comedian. A comedian? 
Yeah, she would be like, ay, nadie se va a casar contigo. Nobody wants to be uh, con una mujer cómica que, you know, she's like, she saw it as goofy. So funny. You know, and I I was, I love Lucy and Ricky. And I was like, yeah, adores her. Look at this. Like, it's but also it was, funny that moms always tell their girls, like, that won't get you a man. Like, yeah. that's still in us since we're little. Like, you know what I mean? As opposed to. Yeah, baby. And obviously that's changing, but yeah. it's just so funny how we grew up in an era where everything had to be around the fact, will that get you a man? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It was it, uh, for me. So it took me a while to get to stand up because I didn't start stand up comedy until my early 30s. Um, I think like about 30 is when I started where wow. everybody around me like. Some and I know a lot of people that started like in their, you know, in their 20s and 30s, but like Dave Chappelle started doing stand-up when he was 14. Yeah. And uh so I was, you know, I would I felt like I, I didn't even think it take it seriously because I didn't think that as a woman with two kids, a single mom, that this was gonna be like a realistic thing for me. So I just would do it um like it was like cathartic for me and I would just do it and think I had my job and I was like I'm gonna do this and then this started paying more than my job and I was like oh wow this is like working but I never in my wildest dreams thought that I would be able to do what I've done that's incredible I can't believe this and now you like you mentioned you have your hour special with HBO which I just love that HBO is just embracing their comedy Mm. DNA again I think for a long time yeah they sort of forgot about it and Netflix sort of started creeping in mm-hmm. um but HBO is like the OG comedy platform like having a special on HBO is every comedian's dream I, I mean I think I don't know no, no, comedian, no, but, you're right, you're um, right. I mean only the greatest have really been on that stage and how did that feel for you when you got that call and when you we're like, oh my God, it's an hour special on HBO. Um, like, what was that like for you? Uh, like the moment you realized it was going to happen. So, so my specials on HBO Max. So that's a, a separate platform, but it is. The it's HBO. the same thing, girl. No, is this the HBO house? No, but I, I know, <laughs> but they always tell me to make sure I, I clap. Oh, HBO Max. Right. Okay. HBO Max. I just feel like it's the same thing for me but just because a- as a consumer, it's HBO Max. But to but you just you just expressed something that needed to be said because mm-hmm. from the cons- consumer's perspective, there is a there is that's the the perspective that matters, right? So to us, they the executives at HBO and HBO Max can say whatever they want, but we want to know what the people think. So yes, I tell you that when I got the call, it, I was excited, right, and I was very happy, and I was like. I'm about to do my comedy special. It's about to go down. I'm about to hit this road. And then COVID hit. Oh, <gasps> oh did you, did you find this out? Like before like, January? I know, but like, was it January or was yeah, no, January? It, was, it was like November. And oh, November. Oh yeah. yeah it's just so, like when there was like zero, zero, even like when I was in the happen. Okay. It wasn't even out there. Like it was. <laughs> when were you, when were you set to shoot? When were you set to film your special? Oh man. So we had three different shoot days. We had to push it back three times. Yeah. So but November, the original, the original so the shoot November day. shoot, the first shoot was going to be, um, I think April, 2020. Okay. Ooh, that's when it those are happen. always like, I always love like, asking those questions because everyone's like, it was going to be March 27th, you know? <laughs> yeah. It was going to be in April. And then we pushed it back. And it was going to be in the fall, but then they, they thought COVID was going to be over. Right? Yeah, we all 20, did girl. <laughs> 2021, it was going to be, then we went to March in 2021. And then I was like, I can't do this. I haven't worked on it. And so then we pushed it back to August, but something that was going to happen in like March, 2020 ended up happening in August, 2021. So you wait all these years and think you, you know, you want a special and then and then um, it just you're, it just felt like it was never going to happen. But I had done they read. Did you feel sorry to interrupt you? I'm always interrupting. No, no, Did no, you no. feel like all this time I waited and now it's like taken from me? Like, yeah, like yeah. my whole life, my dream is gone. Did you think it was just not going to happen? Yeah, no, I thought I was filled with despair at one point mm-hmm. during COVID because it just it just felt like hopeless, you know, like. Yeah. 
And I had been in, and then the thing is, it doesn't help when you're, cause I actually stayed in the house for months. Mm-hmm. So my mind was not like my mental health, I know was not in its best space because I was just like, this is never going to go away. We're going to be trapped. Now we're going to be stuck in these. It was really, really depressing. <laughs> and I was like, um, trying to go out and, and th- this is what was really freaked, what really freaked me out. I had a full calendar for 2020 and, um, and then all of the promoters and club owners started reaching out, canceling the dates yeah. and when they started getting canceled in, cause you know, in March, when it, when we got locked down, I was like, okay, the, they've canceled March, April, and May because they don't know what's going on. But when they started canceling June, July, August, September, October, November, De- my December dates, they were like, we're going to push. De-. I was like, oh, man, this is I, this is never going to happen because I'm not going to be able to get to the clubs to, to work out. So it was bittersweet because it happened and then this happened and it just became so hard to to try to figure out. And then I got with the producers and we were like. Okay, we got We're gonna have to figure out a comedy special in the age of COVID. Yeah, and that's. So I'm. I'm always curious. I mean, you know, you're a comedian, and people are like, "Oh, she's probably laughing all day long, right?" Like, um. So it's like, no, it's it's true, right? Uh, so because, but that people don't understand. Like, that's your job. Your job is to be a comedian. So, but you're like a real person, and so yeah. And so, how do you go from? that moment of despair that you say, you know, like this really freaking sucks to like putting together a show and like creating the material. Did you take your material from your feelings? How do you process, how do you make fun of those moments? Um, A lot of us don't have that ability, right? We're like, Oh my God, I'm sad. And then I just keep going, going, going on the, you know, like just being sad. And you have, uh, I think like a gift to turn, certain moments into funny moments and at the end making fun of even yourself. And Mm -hmm. I think that's like a, like a, like a good tool, right. To um, get yourself out of that mindset. So how do you, how do you, how do you do that work? How do you process that? I have a lot, I do um, a lot of writing. I just have, um, I just have another journal that I just, someone sent me, people always send me books, notebooks, to write in like those are the gifts that I always get but I use them all so they're never they're never lost on me but I have books and books and books I journal and I chronicle my life and then I take that sometimes and I turn it into comedy the funny thing is that many of us who do stand up even when we're sad even when we're on stage we're sad but we're just doing our job and then we get mm-hmm. on stage and continue to be sad right because I, I'll tell you in November um, it wasn't November. It had to be in October. Um, I was on the road with, uh, my opener, who was a good friend of mine who would open for me from time to time. And we were in Washington and the state of Washington. And we had the most amazing weekend doing comedy. He, uh, he was so, um, such a like light. He was a trainer. He trained me for last comic standing. We had a great time. That was that um, weekend in Washington. And the following weekend, I was going to be work. I was working in Vancouver in Canada. He passed away on that Thursday unexpectedly. Oh, my God. We, no, we, you know, no idea. We had a heart attack, a seizure out of <gasps> nowhere. He oh was God. in the best shape. He was a physical trainer. He was, uh, you know, 41 years old, just amazing shape, passed oh away. God. And I found out while I was in Vancouver and that night I had to go on stage and I was crying like a baby. I was sobbing. His wife called me and I felt so bad because I was crying more than her. And I was like, I got to get off the phone with her. I was crying all the way until that night when I got on stage. I went on stage. I did my stand up. I got off stage. I went back to crying. Then I went back for my next show. and then. I got off stage and I went back to the hotel room and cried myself to sleep. But I still had to do those two hours of comedy. And I just was and I was on autopilot. I was like, you're going to do this joke, this joke, this joke, this joke, get this, this, this and get out because I had to survive. And I, and I shared it with my audience because I couldn't 
I could not not do it because they needed to know why my energy was where it was. And we, and I ended up having two really good shows because the audience was with me. They were like, Mm -hmm. they, everybody knows what it feels like to lose somebody. But um, my process is I've taken a harder road because I take my pain and I use it for comedy Mm -hmm. because I think that that's how I've been able to survive. Like the things that have happened in my life. And I talk about being anorexic. I talk about being homeless, unhoused. I talk about all this stuff and it resonates with people because there are a lot of people who experience these things. So for me, my process is to write it first without a joke. I just write the experience and then I figure out what, how it connects me to other people. Like how many people can relate to this? Like, is this something that is something that a lot of people can relate to? Or is it just, you know, a very small group of people. And then when I, I take I take that into consideration and I decide to make it a bit. Then I try to find the funny in it. Like, what's the absurdity of this? You know, like I, I have a joke about being homeless and I, I tweeted it. And this girl just disregarded that I was homeless with my two kids. And she was like, we don't say homeless. And I did it in the special. She's like, we say unhoused. And I was like, um, did you tweet that from the comfort of your own home? Like, I, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like I wrote it. I, that's exactly what happened. And then I made it into a joke because I was like, she just at, at that moment did not care anything about me. It was just about mm-hmm. politically correct. And I just thought that was absurd. And so I was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to write about this because I know that whether you're using the pronouns incorrectly or the wrong term we have lost our way in terms of intention, right? Because mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? There are people yeah. that really don't care about us and don't mind offending us, but there are some yeah. people who just don't know. And yeah. I, I just wanted to address that, but I was like, you know, my, 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 uh, one of my people was like, you sure you want to do this? Cause this might cause something. And I'm like, let the whole special be bits that, you feel that way about let's do that let's let's this just go because nobody wants to nobody wants to get canceled everybody's so scared to get canceled yeah. people are not being themselves because they don't want especially make- i think especially in comedy because i think comedy is about that it's about taking the realness in this world and turning it into something funny and that was and that's what comedy is i mean if you look at past you know, Richard Pryor, if you look at just all these other jokes that people, I mean, Chris Rock, like back in the day, like first, yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, like some of his first HBO stuff, um, you know, it's, it's, it's about that. It's taking all the pain that they themselves suffered. And I think that people don't understand. It's like, they, they, they make it about themselves all the time. Right. It's exactly yeah. what you just said. Like, it's not homeless. It's, you know, on house. And you're like, bitch, I'm the one who was homeless. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> right. Like it's not about you. It's about turning my pain into into and 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 sort of having this healing process through comedy and entertaining people along the way. And if you don't like it, you don't have to hear it. But that's what comedy is. And and I think right now comedians have a very tough job because, like you said, if they continue doing this, other people internalize it and see it in a different way and ends up creating this whole, you know, sort of catastrophe for themselves. And they're the ones who are doing the healing, you know? Yeah. They have a, the, the thing is everybody has a microphone now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So everybody has a channel. I mean, if my sister and I have a microphone girl, everyone's got a microphone. <laughs> no, but this is, this is an important, this is something that has a point and purpose and intention, <laughs> right? But everybody has a microphone and everybody has a channel and yeah. everybody feels like what they have to say is important. And a lot of people are not informed. A lot of people, there, there are a lot of people who have a great education and they weaponize that education against the people who don't have one and it's become this uh, these culture wars and for me as a comedian I have to step away from social media because if I let social media drive me I would never do stand-up because everything is a problem for somebody yeah so I just 100 I said no and, more I want to talk about something just really quick because um before we wrap up I know you know we don't have that much time but um I know your your series is it's um it's out and you also have a special uh, travel documentary but for your special how did you practice because i think a lot of people 
when they don't understand, oh, like I know, I'm all talking like I'm a comedian specialist, but um, you <laughs> said comedy, train, though. right? No more you than said, most you, people. Yeah, you said train, right? You said train, and and you need to go to clubs to train your material to see what sticks and what doesn't. So, like, how did you do? How did you do that? Because you can't just like every every skill in this world, whether it's cooking. Right comedy, basketball, baseball, like you have to practice and comedians practice in small comedy homes, right? The improv, the laugh factory, those are bigger, but smaller shows with people to practice your material and see what people like the reaction of the crowd, because that's how you feed, right? Like, okay, that joke worked, that, that bombed, like that works. I'm going to move my joke from here to here. And you, it's, it's an art form. Um, how did you do that when COVID was going on and you had, and like you went to doing a special. It was hard. Um, I remember, so I pushed the special cause we were shooting it in the spring and I pushed it to the fall. And I remember um, we went in and booked a bunch of shows. And I remember when I was at the point where I was like, I have 35 shows before my special, I have 35 hours to practice. So I was on the road during COVID but it was a very different experience because now the audiences are not completely full. Mm-hmm. They can only sell a certain level of capacity. Now I have, um, you know, now I can't do a meet and greet after the shows because I can't expose myself because I can't take the risk of getting sick, which pissed some of those audience members off because mind you, I'm going out on the road all over the country in the world. And there are some people who still don't believe that COVID is real. <laughs> So I'm, um, I'm sitting there like, uh, okay, what am I going to do? Okay. So now I have to restructure the way that I tour and I just have to do it this way because I have to get the reps in. And so I was on the road. I was, I went from, I went Vancouver. I went to Long Island. I went to Miami. I went to, I have friends in comedy who created shows so that I could go practice like in Miami. This is awesome. This Ellie was a young woman who's a comedian. She created these shows. She gave me three, three days. I was in New York. I like I had to go do comedy COVID style, which meant that there was no interaction after the shows. And it was it was hard because that's part of the comedy experience. And people feel bad. They feel slighted. They feel like I came, I paid to watch her and she didn't even want to meet me after the show. I could not afford to get COVID. Um, yeah. So I had to I had to adjust everything. And I, I did some of the worst, horrible Zoom shows ever on the planet. Like <laughs> I, I did 45 minutes of comedy on Zoom. And people have to like raise your hand and you think that's funny. Like, how did you it was the worst. And then these comedians created a club called the Nowhere Comedy Club, which was really dope because. Um, they actually put in an audience, they sold tickets and they made a virtual comedy club, which felt so much better than just doing maybe like it. virtual reality would have been cool. Right. I did virtual reality people. shows. I did, I did two of those. Um, I did everything that I possibly could to, to get ready for the special. And it was just, it was just a new world. And many of us have had to make the adjustments. Some comedians refuse. They don't want to go out until we get back to normalcy, but I, I, I couldn't afford You're like, that. I can't afford that. <laughs> and you're like, I have to do my wraps, even if it's outside with two cans of, of tomato sauce. I just got to oh, work out. <laughs> listen, I was in uh, Lorraine, Ohio, outside in a park. And these people <laughs> created this whole, but people are so hungry for comedy. They came out with their folding chairs and they sat there and watched the show because they were like, we haven't been able to go to a comedy club yeah. for over, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, it was an adjustment. It was, it was weird. And you know what I mean? It's not fun doing comedy when the audience have on masks. Yeah. Just, it yeah. Very you can't weird. read their faces, right? It feels so weird. And, <laughs> you know, if you could hear them laughing. It's, it's like the, the consolation prize, but it's really, really, it was, I mean, the first show that I did during COVID was with Tiffany Haddish. We went and did this show. It was a a college show in Texas and the kids were social distance and they all had on masks. And she and I were like, God, this is, (laughs) but uh, Uh, even till this day, 
uh, you know, because we're at the restaurant, at the restaurant, like the masks and everything. So sometimes when I see people eating from afar and I see their whole face, I'm like, oh, that's what you look like. I'm like, oh, <laughs> you know, it's so weird, right? Like nowadays, like seeing people's faces is kind of weird, which is no. insane. <laughs> no. I have a question for you, Ada. I mean, you know, when you were going to do your comedy special COVID hit, when you were gonna, doing your documentary, the hurricane happened. I mean, you know, you've been through everything. If you guys don't know Aida's story, please look it up. I mean, you have an incredible story of strength, of resilience, of overcoming things and obstacles. How do you do it? Please share with you, you know, where do you get your strength for, from? Because, girl, you've been through a lot. <laughs> Sometimes I ask myself, how do you get up every day? Um, honestly, my grandmother was the biggest, my grandmother, you know, like people always talk about how your, your family gives you religion. Mm-hmm. My grandmother gave me faith and that was the mm-hmm. big tool she gave me. She, she was more concerned with me having faith than it was about practice and doctrine. Like she was very like, because she overcame so much. She was like, I get the net fest. Like I get the net fest. All the time, everything was like uh, about faith. The, the People don't even know that when I was doing my special, while I was taping it, a hurricane was coming down. Like <laughs> people don't understand that. that yeah. you, they, you can see the lightning behind me. And it was the most rain that the Bronx had had ever in history. <laughs> the night that I taped my special. And it was like Hurricane Henry, I think it was, because two days later, Hurricane Ida hit in New York and I was still there. And I was like, this is unbelievable. Like, I don't know who who I was in another life or what I did, but I'm paying for it right now. Like, I remember saying that out loud. But, um, you know, I this is a practice that I learned um, and it was my own. I didn't, it doesn't, didn't come from therapy or anything else, but I do, I am in therapy, but I just started documenting because I journal, I'll go back and read about like a really tough time in my life, mm. something that I thought I could not overcome. And then mm. see my, now I see myself on the other side and I'm like, oh, this, this will pass too. But now I have mm. a log I have data that proves that I will get on the other side. That's why I think it's important for people to journal, you know, not just gratitude journals, but to, to write about it, like the things that have happened. And I remember being, you know, not having a place to live and thinking to myself, like, I don't know how I'm ever going to get back to the place where I'm on my feet again, because people don't realize that when people get homeless, it, it, it unhoused, it takes, I was like, I got unhoused. I know. <laughs> it takes two years to, get, to be able to just see the light at the end of the tunnel mm-hmm. because now you're either been evicted, you've had a bankruptcy, you've had a repossession. People don't understand like how hard it is. And that's why mm-hmm. some people never get back on their feet again. And yeah. I had to say to myself, oh, I got over this. I got over that. We made it over this. We made it. Over- so now this, this too shall pass. Now I got to figure out the pathway. And it just it's just made me more technical about adversity instead of because emotions will fool you into believing how horrible things can be. Right. You get just you just get overwhelmed with the emotion of it. And for me, I had to find out, find a logical way to see my way through it, because if not, I would I, I would, you know, I would die. And. And I've had, you know, moments where I thought about killing myself and killing my children because I wanted I didn't want to leave them. And I was like, oh, this is not this is unhealthy. This is mental illness. Like at this point, I drove to the top of a cliff in San Diego with my two children and I was going to drive off. And the reason I didn't is because of my son, because my son looked up at me and said, I love you, mommy. And I was like, I can't drown him. Like, I have to figure this out. And then and figuring that out means I need to go get help. Because I wasn't given the tools as a child on how to deal Mm -hmm. with my emotions and my anger and my fears. And I was like, I got to figure out the logical way to deal with that. And that's been always the what frees me because emotionally I feel so I'm empathic. I feel everything around me, which is why I have to be I have to protect myself around people. You know, I, I can't drive by 
a child that's on the street with a parent and say that baby's not going to eat. And I just drove by that baby. Like I, my life has been, I know what it feels like to be that little kid. So I have had to learn how to like get the tools to deal with that stuff. Cause they didn't give them to me. My mom didn't have them, you know, and she just, she did the best that she could, but everything is, I, you know, like, no, you're No, you're Like that's weak. Like, don't do this. You're not emotional. You're strong. Don't be emotional or you don't have to go to therapy. You're not crazy. And I'm like, oh, wow. Like <laughs> this is going crazy. Yeah. And the other thing is, is like we, the, the extreme is like, there's a whole place between being mentally disabled and being, you know, healthy. And most of us live on this spectrum and we vacillate, we go back and forth. And my mom wouldn't know that because nobody ever told her that. So I had to figure out a way to deal with the stuff that I deal with in a way that resonated with me and my brain, because my heart would, would keep me in the hole. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing. I think, um, it's your words. We can have an entire other episode about yeah, what you just said. I, other so thank you for being so vulnerable with us. Yeah, thank no. you. Thank you so much. I feel much. safe here. So that's why I shared that here. I don't thank really. You. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Cause I think like a lot of people, you know, don't take mental health seriously and mental health is everything. I, I mean, I think like if you're not good here that you can be good anywhere else. Yeah. Um, I lo- so- I, and you know, I love my kids more than I love myself, which is unhealthy. Right. <laughs> um, and you don't learn that until you go to therapy because my mom, you would get judged. Like, what do you mean? You know, like you, you can't, you know, we're taught not to take care of ourselves mm-hmm. um, and to give everything to our kids. And then we wonder why our kids then develop those attitudes. They're observational learners. The other thing is that they, then we teach them not to love themselves the way they're supposed to love themselves. I had to deconstruct all of those unhealthy views because the that romantic idea of loving your children this way and not loving myself. I mean, I was obsessed with my kids. I'm, I still am. My kids and I were sitting on the couch. You know, my kids are adults now. And every week we have dinner together. We are so intertwined because we had trauma bonding, right? Like, yeah. and that's not, no, that's not love. That's really, and, and I know that my kids adore each other and me and we love each other, but there's a lot of stuff that happened to us together that we needed. We we're all in therapy. Cause I, I was like, this is the way through this. You, you don't have to feel obligated to my, to me. Like I felt to my mom. And I just think, especially as Latinos, like we, that it's cultural for us, right? You know, we're not, we're not putting our abuela in a home, even if it's not the best for her, abuela, because it means yeah. like we're betraying abuela, but it's just, we have these ideas. And I was like, I want to break these cycles. You know, I want my kids to have a healthy life in addition to being successful. They have to be healthy because then they can't enjoy success. And so mm. I wanted to, I was like, I sat, I got books on books on books. Like I, everywhere, everywhere you in my, <laughs> they're everywhere because, and Doña Florinda. And Doña Florinda. <laughs> but I, um, I had to sit down and figure out ways. Like this was one of my Christmas gifts from my son. Think like a monk because we're, we're just like trying to figure out how to find inner peace. And after COVID, we just all discovered or rediscovered that what's important in life, right? Yeah, for sure. A lot, a lot of times we were like, everybody's chasing, especially in Hollywood, you want to get the TV show, the movie, the house, the car, you want to be here, you want to be there. And then none of it matters, right? You wake up one morning and you can't breathe. Exactly. No, that's that's so true. That's so true. I think like COVID, as bad as it is, as bad as it's been, like it's given us a lot of um, other things and, you know, everything happens for a reason. So thank you so much for sharing. And, um, you know, before we go, I want all of us to support you. I want all the super mamas to support you and all of the projects. So please tell us where they can see your special, where they can see everything and tell us, um, the upcoming, I think you're, you're working on something, uh, for, uh, uh, for yourself again, congratulations. So please do share with us. So I'm on, um, you can check out the special on HBO Max. It's streaming now. It's called Fighting Words. Um, I am um, I'm on s- social media, Funny Ida, which I struggle with. And I'm on Twitter, Funny Ida, uh, <laughs> A-I-D-A. 
And um, yeah, I'm working on a, a few things. My goal is to create, we're working on creating a space to create, to, uh, you know, put out Latino, Latinx, Latina content that promotes us um, in a, in a positive light, not just, you know, we're all victims of gentrification. Like I want to make sure that uh, <laughs> we create some content that puts people, tells our stories. We have so many stories that they don't tell it's the same story over and over again. So that's what I'm focusing on. The show that I've been in development with is on HBO Max. And um, I'm creating an animated show with ITV Studios that is um, Latino based. It's very, uh, it's a, it's like, um, it would be our own South Park. Or oh. Our, oh, I love that. It's very sat- satirical and. not So not for children. <laughs> You know what? Uh, we're we're it's gonna be like um, not gonna be blue, totally blue, but it will be something that it'll have the layers where everybody can enjoy it. But I, I don't want to make it a crass show. I want it. No, to be- hey, like I'm all for that. I want cartoons from grownups. I'm tired of cartoons for kids. I know we got, we, but we <laughs> do, we do, and they're they're creating a lot of cartoons for adults. But yeah, so we're working on that, and um, and I'm working on writing a book right now. So nice. Um, those are the things that that I'm working. On. I want I only want to work on what I want to work on, and I, I fight with my agents because I don't want to do everything. I just want to do the things that speak to my soul that that makes makes us look good as you should as you should uh well thank you so much for coming in and i can't wait to have you back to share once you have all of this becoming a reality because i know i'm sure you will and you know just learning about your story i know that you it'll be amazing so i we cannot wait thank to you. Have you back thank you for yeah. having me no thank you so much oh my gosh i feel so yes incredibly thankful to you for your time you like just blew a fresher breath air to my sister and I and to everyone listening um you're such a huge source of inspiration and watching you thrive in a life that kept telling you no and watching your just being a witness of your strength and never giving up and perseverance is so inspirational and I thank you so much for bringing this into the world, Ida. You are incredible. And we thank you so, so much. Wow, that's so humbling. Thank you. I'm coming to that restaurant. Anytime. 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 Thank you so much. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Bye. Bye. Have a beautiful day. You too. Have a great week. God bless you. Bye. And we're back. I... Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely love Aida. She's the best. Jam dropper. And I love her. Just I love her. Her energy, all around badass. Don't. Yep, yep, yep. Don't sleep on her, guys. Don't, don't forget to watch don't. her special. Check her out. Check her out. Check her special. Let us know what you think. Uh, and now we are going into our pick. Super Mama pick or tip of the week. Ah, should we get a song? <laughs> we should ask our producer to add a song to this. <laughs> I know, right? We should, we should add a song like a... Pick or tip of the week. That's my husband tells me so I see comiste payaso. Um Priscia, what is your pick or tip of the week this week? Well, sister says I'm not prepared for the show. <laughs> I will lend you the floor first and after, while I go through my <laughs> your Amazon what I've been looking for. And yeah, go for it. Um, you know what? I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go with, uh, uh, since it's Valentine's, if you guys, uh, I, I know what I'm going to do. I, I'm sure I'm late in the game, but this is something that has really changed the game with crafts and things with the kids, which is a, the glue dots. I'm sure you've had, you have glue dots, right? In your house. Mm. No. Oh my God. You should totally get glue dots. No more of that tape. No more of those things. I hate. It's just having to find that the 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 glue the the thing I don't like it. So whenever I'm doing crafts with my kids, I use glue dots now, mm-hmm. which is just like what it that's what it is. Some little glue dots. Just take them up, put them, and they stick everywhere. You can put things like decorations or whatever, and then you take them off. Remember we used them when we had um Elizabeth's bachelorette party and we put up decoration. <gasps> yeah, glue dots. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then since you know Valentine's is around the corner. Kids are want are gonna want to do craft handcraft cards for all their friends. 
<laughs> or not, mm -hmm. um, I would recommend you get glue dots. Um, I got mine, the glue dot double-sided craft dots. Um, and that, that was a game changer for me. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to make that my pick or tip of the week. Nice. Uh, well, I'm going to give you guys a coffee pick. Oh. You all know I love coffee. I don't know if you know that. If you didn't know that, <laughs> now you know that. I am a coffee fanatic, except for rotten milk and rotten coffee. <laughs> but you know what? It held up. That's how great this coffee is that I use. <laughs> the milk was spoiled, but you can still taste those undernotes of a great <laughs> fucking coffee. Uh, so the coffee that I'm currently using and I'm subscribed to is called Mariposa Coffee Company. They're out of Yosemite. Um, I found them when we were out there last summer. We drove by and we saw a sign that says Mariposa Coffee. Once you get a taste, you will always want to come back or something like <laughs> super cheesy, like the cheesiest tagline you could ever like see in the, in a street sign. Like, it will always have you coming back or something. So then my husband and I kind of both looked at each other and we're like, let's turn around and see what this coffee is. Let's see if it holds up to this like the random sign we saw on this, you know, see if it holds up. So we just turned around. We went in there and it just smelled absolutely delicious. Oh, um, the and girl, now you're subscribed. You keep no, no, coming wait, back. Wait. So the girl, the girl, the girl at the counter was super pretty, and I'm like, "Are you the one people keep coming back for, or is it the coffee?" <laughs> um, so we ordered, we bought a few bags, went home, and really, it does keep coming. Like I'm like, "Wow!" And I just saw them online, and they have like a five star review with over I don't know hundreds of people who are viewing the coffee. And I'm oh, like, nice. "Oh." Makes sense. So I subscribe to the Mariposa Coffee Company. Uh, we get the just Mariposa morning blend. And then there's one that's called the Blueberry Mariposa. Oh. Blue, with like blueberry undertones. Oh, my goodness. Blueberry and coffee. Oh. I, I freaking love coffee. French mm. press, whole bean, grind it every morning, let them bloom. I do that now, guys. I'm fancy too. <laughs> this is not a competition. It's not. Um, but I win. So, yes, Mariposa <laughs> Coffee Company. That's it. Well, That's good. the show. You know, while you're doing the craft with the glue dots, you take your coffee. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. Anyway. No, we already know what we're going to do. My, oh, so speaking of Valentine's, you know what my son did? When what I was telling you did? that he was doing them while he was giving me the, the tea on the relationships. He said he wanted to give away Pokemon cards. Oh. So we have so many. So he grabbed 24 and just grabbed the Pokemon cards and just put love, Ed, and he, that's what he's giving. <laughs> like, perfect. Oh, that's a really, you know, what do you want? What do you have extra in your house? Just give it away. He's like, I think I'm going to give everybody, I'm going to be very, he's like, I'm going to be very generous, mom. I'm going to give everyone a Blade Blade. <laughs> and in my, in my mind, I'm like, I mean, low-key, yes, get rid of all of this stuff that you have. So, yeah, he's giving away 20, he's not giving away the Blade Blades anymore. He changed his mind this morning. But, um, yeah. Pokemon cards. Oh, that's a really good one. I mean, you know, that's a very all thoughtful. that says is love Ed. What's what's the difference? You're gonna get a piece of cardboard paper that's gonna go to the trash anyway. I'd rather be in your trash than mine. Well, I mean, it's like taking someone's trash. And that's what I'm saying. I know, I know, I know. I'm like, but at oh. least the Pokemon card, it's like, oh, this my, you know, it's it reminds me of Ed. And it says love. And some of them he put love it's, Eduardo, it's, and then some of them he got tired. He just put love Ed. <laughs> That's what I was going to tell you. Is that his new name, Ed? No, he just got tired of writing. <laughs> After the tenth card, he just said, "I'm going to write Ed." <laughs> then at the end, he's just like E, love yeah, E, love E. At the end, <laughs> I just love, love. Yeah, That's, the twenty second trial is he's going to get a love, love Pokemon. At least he gets love. Anyway. That's it, guys. This is the show for this week. We'll let you know how it goes when we get our retainers. We'll see. We'll see. Hopefully they work, man. Hopefully they, they work. They, 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 they don't break my teeth. I always, you know what? I always say you should underpromise and overdeliver. These people overpromise, so I'm just expecting to be blown away. <laughs> but your teeth are not crooked, so we'll neither are yours. <laughs> what do you mean? No, you only have like one tooth out. That's it. But they're not crooked. <laughs> like your teeth are perfectly straight in the front. Look, you have beautiful teeth. <laughs> I mean, they're stubby and short, but they're beautiful. Dumb. Mine are tall. Look at this. Look at this crooked. It's like right there. And then they're big, so you can tell. <laughs> you cannot tell. How Maybe. about you have teeth like dad? You don't have teeth that's <laughs> elephant. You have any teeth? 
Oh. Wow, I'm gonna get so much hate for this episode. Tricia, stop making fun of your sister. Anyway, thank you, sister, for for another week. And uh, I will see. You. I will see you when I see you. I will see you in your tube later. Bye. Bye. Hey, sisters. Thank you so much for listening. Hope all of you guys are subscribed to our newsletter. If you're not, make sure you hit that subscribe button on superromas.com. We will be sending out invites to upcoming events, promos, and super cool surprises your way. And of course, you can always keep up with us through the gram at underscore supermamas and on Twitter also at underscore supermamas and in the face at supermamas podcast. Oh, one more thing. We want to hear your Supermama moment of the week to share with all of you sisters. Call into our hotline, 424-329-3707 and leave us a message or simply email us a voice note to hello at supermamas.com. Very soon, we could be featuring you on the show. Please remember to leave your name and Instagram handle for a chance to be featured. Much love and see you next week. Super Mamas! Super Mamas.